I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you today, and uh, we continue to march things forward. If you are just joining us, uh, a grand jury indictment has come out of Louisville, Kentucky today, as Nick Wyatt just reported. Uh, and just to take that uh, just a, a little bit deeper uh, in terms of, of what's happening and uh, what's going on there, uh, the the charge is really centered uh, a first degree, three counts of first degree wanton endangerment. Uh, and so let's break that down just a little bit. It should be noted it took them six months uh, to get this indictment. And again, just one of the three officers, the other two officers do not face charges. Uh, the indicted officer, uh, of course, is no longer working at the department uh, and so we will continue to follow that. Uh, and again, I think the the definition is an interesting one. We're going to have to come back to wanton endangerment, extreme indifference to human life. Uh, that is a concept worth exploring, uh, not just in this specific case. Uh, I think we all can apply this in a lot of different cases in terms of how we approach other people. Are we Are we guilty of extreme indifference to human life? Uh, in the way we talk to people, in the way we interact, uh, and again, a lot of the unrest that's going on. Uh, we are very pleased to be joined now on the program by Representative Chris Stewart. Uh, it is uh, National Suicide Prevention Month, and uh, we often talk about the politics of so many different things. And a lot of times, the hard work and heavy lifting of being in Congress happens way far away from the cameras, way far away from the press conference or the national cable news media hit. Uh, and it, it happens in uh, really one-on-one -on -one conversations about issues that matter. And Representative Stewart has uh, carried that uh, as it relates to the suicide hotline. And uh, we're getting to the finish line there. Representative, thanks for joining us today. That's great to be with you always, Boyd. So thank you. So so just give our, our listeners who may not have been tracking this, again, it's not the thing you're going to read on the headlines every day uh, or on the tracker on the cable news station, but just give us the update on the bill itself, what's passed and uh, heading to the president's desk, and, and are we there, and then what happens? Yeah, and you know, we've been on uh, on your show and others talking about this for probably four years uh, because that's how long it's taken to do this effort. And and so I'll give you the, the, the bad news and then, then the good news. I mean, the bad news is, is that we have a crisis of suicide, particularly among our youth and our vets. But it's more pervasive than beyond those two subgroups as well. It's really throughout our society. And, and sadly, Boyd, a lot of people are really surprised when I discuss this. 
Utah isn't a great a great example of this. Right. We're actually number five in the country for suicide per capita, right. and that that really surprises a lot of people. I mean, we we look at our culture there and we think we would be you know much towards the bottom, and the reality is is that we're we're pretty much towards the top of that list. And again, among our veterans and our and our youth is where we're seeing the highest spikes in that. So that's the bad news that there is a tragedy going on in our culture. There's a lot of reasons for it, but the good news is is we can help. Uh, you know, the vast majority of people who are considering suicide or even attempt suicide, if they can get help within six months, they will self-identify as being happy, as being productive, and not having suicidal thoughts any longer. We can help the vast majority of these people. In fact, I would argue we can help virtually all of them if we can get the help to them, which then finally gets us to the bill, and that is uh, 988. Anywhere in the country, if you're in the middle of a mental health crisis, either yourself, your children, your spouse, a friend, if you are worried about someone to yourself, you call 988 and you're going to immediately be able to talk to someone and in the most severe cases even get intervention. Uh, the problem has been, Boyd, as you know, if you live in Salt Lake City, there's a number, but no one knows what it is. And if you live in St. George, it's a different number. And if you live in New York or California or anywhere else, so finally we'll have this bill that says 988, you're going to get the help you need. And it's going to save thousands of lives. Oh, that, that is uh, so fantastic. So, so tell us where we go next uh, in terms of implementation. Uh, what, what, what's the process there? What does the timing look like, do you guess? Yeah, so again, this has been going a long time. We had an interim bill which required the FCC to study it, to, de- to designate the number, and they came back with 988. We said, great, that's fine. Uh, and this is kind of the final step to now. The FCC has one year to implement the backbone of the technology so that you have this, uh, you know, that you have the ability to, regardless of where you are, to be directed towards a call center near you, and it will go state by state. Mm-hmm. And Utah does a fantastic job on this, by the way. In fact, we're so good that other states actually will direct calls to our state sometimes because we have the capacity and we have uh, such highly trained facilitators there. Uh, But so the FCC has a year to implement the backbone and then the the number will go live shortly after that. But we're talking about it all the time between now and then because we want by the time that number is live for uh, for everyone to be aware of it and, you know, for the public to know, hey, if you got a fire, everyone knows you call 911 mental health crisis, call 988, and we've got some time to help people become aware of that. Oh, that is uh, that is so fantastic. And, uh, again, anyone out there who may be struggling or knows someone that's struggling, uh, there are so many good resources available, uh, including currently until we get the 988 all the way through uh, 800-273-TALK uh, is uh, a line that you can access right now uh, if you are having suicidal thoughts or if you're in a, a bad place or space. Uh, you can have a conversation with someone that can help you uh, get to a better spot where you can start to to move forward. Uh, so tell me, Representative, as you've gone through this process, um, what, have, what have you learned? What have you learned about mental health? Uh, and what have you learned about uh, kind of the, the process that you get to deal with every day back there in Washington? Yeah, so there's actually two questions, maybe three in your question. Let me try to address them if I could. One of them, the things I've learned, when I came to Congress, I didn't know that I would become involved with this, and I'm so grateful that I've been able to. And one of the things I've learned is if uh, five or six years ago, if I was a group of 100 people and I said, how many of you have been impacted by a suicide or, or attempted suicide? Most people wouldn't raise their hand. And it wasn't because they weren't. It was because we didn't dare talk about it. I ask that same question now. 
many of them will raise their hands, and that's good. We're more willing to talk about it. Uh, and the truth is, and the second thing I've learned, is that most of us have been. Most of us have associated with someone that we care about. Again, maybe a family member, but maybe not. Maybe a, a friend or someone, you know, perhaps in our church congregation mm-hmm. or our, our club. Most of us know someone who's been impacted by that. So that's the first thing I've learned. And the second thing I've learned, which is in, so incredibly important, but it, it's worth repeating, Boyd, and it's that we can help these people. We can help them. Uh, you know, many times they feel like I'm the only person in the world who feels this way, and it's never going to get better. And we have to be able to show these people it can get better. I promise you, it can get better. You're not going to feel this way until the day you die. And that's why I quote this statistic that something like a little more than 90% of them, six months later with the appropriate help, feel like life has changed for them. And we have to help them understand you don't have to feel this way forever. And then the third thing I've learned is, because you mentioned the process, Boyd, and it's this thing about things move slowly in Congress. Uh, I mean, my heavens, we had hundreds of co-sponsors on this bill. Republicans and Democrats, it was bipartisan, didn't cost money, and yet it still took us years to get it through. But you got to keep your head down. you just got to keep pushing the rock up the hill. And if you do that, you know, every once in a while you reach the top and you can actually do something good. And I think this is a good example of that. Uh, It absolutely is. It's one of those that will save countless lives and impact even more uh, the lives of uh, family members who may have lost a a, a loved one, a father, a mother, a sister, a brother uh, to suicide uh, will also be blessed uh, by this uh, this great uh, thing that you've been working on for the the past four years, uh, Congressman Stewart. Uh, we always appreciate your insight. We appreciate your again hard work, heavy lifting, far away from the camera view uh, to get this done and to the president's desk and uh, move forward this great uh, national suicide hotline. Uh, so vital to so many. Thanks for your hard work back there and for making this happen. Thanks, Boyd. You're kind. And again, thanks for giving us a chance to talk about it, helping people become aware. So appreciate it and look forward to when we can talk again. All right. We'll talk again soon. All right. That's uh, Congressman Chris Stewart uh, getting us from Washington, D.C. today and a a, a great reason for celebration this week uh, as uh, Chris Stewart's bill, the three digit suicide hotline number uh, heads to the president desk. Uh, That is just a good news and good day. Uh, especially as we continue to move through Suicide Prevention Month here, uh, that uh, there are so many that you're, you need to know if you're listening. You're not alone, and it won't be like this forever. And the path forward is with people. And if you're wondering how to get there, you just you got to reach out. And soon, soon, it will be just three digits away, 988. Uh, until that point... It's a couple more digits, but they're worth the effort. 800-273-TALK. 800-273-TALK. Uh, if you are someone that you know is weary, uh, if they feel like they are just down there at the bottom of the big black hole and there is no way out and there's no hope and there's no help and there's no way, uh, get help today. And it starts by just reaching out, link arms with somebody, lock arms with somebody, and take one step forward. Uh, that's all you have to do, one step forward. And again, so grateful to uh, Representative Chris Stewart. And of course, uh, former Senator Orrin Hatch was part of this effort uh, from several years ago. And we uh, acknowledge the the great work of Senator Orrin Hatch in helping to move this along as well. Chris Stewart uh, getting this across the finish line and to the president's desk. And hopefully uh, they will be able to move rapidly to get that in place. 
uh, and up and running across the country uh, to help so many that are in need. All right, time to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to give you the key, the key to the future of the Supreme Court, the key to the future of the country. Find out what it is next. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 